All right, so thank you all for tuning back in to the All About Relationships podcast. We are back. It's been a minute. I know our last podcast was on community trauma. We're definitely going to do a part two. But I had to interject because it is getting rough out there when it comes down to intimate relationships. So today we're going to be processing intimacy from the perspective of COVID and what COVID has done to some relationships, you know? So are you guys still in love after COVID? Is it tight after COVID? So we're going to be processing that. We have some phenomenal guests, some exceptional guests that's going to be joining me on today. We have our seasoned um, all about relationships podcast member Alicia Benjamin Peebles. What's good with you, baby? Hey guys, how are you? Are doing well, doing well. And we have our special guest, my homeboy from back in high school, but yet a relationship consultant in his own right, Mr. Wayne Steven. How are you doing, Wayne? I'm well, man. I can't complain about nothing. Always chilling. I always keep it cool. For sure, for sure. So just a little bit about Wayne. Wayne Steven is a relationship consultant and specializes in bridging the gaps within the building of interpersonal relationships specifically. He has a great desire to see people just perform at their best within society, within relationships, and just have the ability to accurately communicate. You know, that's one of one of Wayne's focuses. So this is going to be the team for today. Um, so let's go ahead and get it popping. Yo, y'all still in love after COVID? I'm just saying, um, you know, it, it, it's been real. It's been straight up real. You know, I've been in a marriage for 22 years um, and it is 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 real. We are the closest friends. Man, but it's been it's, it's been tough. So, who wants to kind of get us get us started? Wayne, actually, I'm gonna go ahead and start with you. So, if I had to pose, I know, don't be laughing. If I had to pose a question, right? Um, it would be, how has COVID kind of removed the veil of our personal mental health issues, like our insecurities and all of that, as it relates to intimate relationship? Like, we all had struggles, but yo, once COVID hit those struggles actually came out, you know, and we was able to see some. So what are your thoughts about that, Wayne? I have an analogy. I've been thinking about it since we started talking about it. You know, like how when a couple, they have kids, they have two or three kids, and the kids are kind of a distraction. Like you, your mom's running Joey over here, dad's running Kaylin over here to do this, and they're like distracting. Like they're, they're like ships in the night. They barely, at, at a point, like they barely know each other, but they like they communicate, but it's not deep. So it's like, but once the kids move out the house, they realize how much they didn't know each other. COVID did that for relationships. It literally stripped the the distractions away. Like, where are you going? And mm. you had to be face to face with this person who was being affected by this thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's where things change. You're like, I know you, but I don't know you with this variable. Yeah. So that's when it changed. It doesn't change the. It doesn't change. It changed the relationship. I was gonna say it doesn't, but it definitely did. It definitely changes. It definitely changes the dynamic of a relationship because you might have somebody who doesn't care so much about yeah. what's going on with it, and you might have somebody that cares too much. So it's like, yeah, I think you there's know, definitely variables involved in it. Yeah, for sure. I think it definitely. Um, yeah, it changed the way things were, but it changed the way we viewed each other. Right. We we had to be more vulnerable. We had to actually see things that we probably didn't even know exist. Alicia, what are your thoughts about that? So, you know, I, I've heard from so many people that COVID allowed them to face what they were avoiding. You know, the quality time, the intimate dialogue, the responsibility of being attentive, 100 percent 24 7 you know some people live in one bedroom apartments some people have mansions and it was like listen we got to figure out how we're going to get through this being stuck under one roof mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people were able to grow and and 
make that time to heal whatever was broken or heal the layers that, you know, was deeply buried inside. And then there were some that were busy, right? So we had the first responders, we had companies that were being contracted left and right. So those relationships had the friction of, oh, now I'm home with the kids, but you're out working. Now I got to be stuck home with the kids. So it was definitely um, a shift in the family dynamic. And the shift in the family dynamic um, allowed parents, you know, single parents, um, businesses to realize what was more important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like you really had to internally understand yourself better in order to love better. But that was not an easy task. You know what I mean? And, and when you look at it from a mental health perspective, um, when you're busy with life, you really don't have a lot of time to see you. And I think what COVID did was slowed everyone down to where you had to deal with you and then your spouse had to deal with you while you were still learning you. Does that make sense? Crazy, right? You know, that, made, that makes 100% sense. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, so again, married 22 years and, you know, um, me and my husband, we the, we're the closest and the, and the best friend and the bestest of friends. Did I, did I make that word up? Bestest? Is that a word? Bestest? No, nah, it's, it's, it's always, it's always existed. You got you it. Know, it's, it's, all, it's all good. But, um, right. But I, I had to really learn and understand that I had a lot of internal growing to do for myself. And with that growing, and that's because I was stuck. I'm always one that's always on a move. I mean, I'm always moving. I'm talking right, right. six in the morning, 10 at night. I mean, I'm moving, doing things in the middle, but I'm always moving. So when I had to, and I've been doing that for years. So when I had to slow down, like forced to slow down, I had to really understand what this, what this was doing in unveiling who I thought I was or unveiling this, this emotional person. So I was learning, and then my husband was like, yo, I'm learning me, but I'm also realizing that I still have to relearn you, you know? So that was, that was crazy. Thoughts about that? So Alicia said something earlier where she said um, people had to, had to be more active in being, in, in being attentive, right? Yeah. And I think what it also did, what it, made, it made people realize, because you kind of touched on it too, it made people realize that maybe they weren't as good at learning their partner as they thought, and it freaked them out. It's like, I thought I knew this person, but they have way deeper feelings than I'm prepared to handle because just from personal experience, like I'm, I'm an emotionally driven male. I'm, I'm a rarity in, in amongst most of the males that I know. I'm comfortable communicating my thoughts and feelings. And when I, in a, in a capsule, when you do that, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. easy to do that in open space because, oh, I gotta go, and then you could, you know. But in a capsule, and you communicate the way that I, I like to communicate and, and that volume in a capsule, it's overwhelming for, so I had to learn how to better communicate with somebody who doesn't communicate as well as me. Wow. Yeah. And then that caused some friction because it was like, I thought you were learning me over these years. I thought you were picking things up. I thought you, were, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I thought it was a Daniel Samiyagi thing. I thought, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. it was a, she's learning her just new roles in life as women. Y'all roles shift. Mm. And then relationship has to still couple with that. So it, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. It, it was a lot. And I'm sure, and I, and I know it affected everybody because you could tell just like uh, Alicia may mention earlier on Facebook, you could tell people were like on the outs with each other. Yeah, man. I'm sick of him. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it was. It's crazy. And you know, I think social media, that's, that's what, um, you know, you mentioned social media and I think social media um, even before COVID hit, um, has had an impact on relationships. And, 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 you know, depending on who you're talking to, it can be in a good way or it can be in a bad way. But social media was kind of it when it came down to socializing, you know? So what are your thoughts about the impact of social media on relationships, even if it was pre-COVID? I, I definitely want to talk about in, in general, you know, how 
I think social media could is is again it could be a good thing because public displays of affection for some is a beautiful love language. You know what I mean? Um, but for but for some situations, man, people just throw too much stuff out there in them streets, and I'm like, no, no, don't do that. Lisa, what are your thoughts about that? Honestly, I think it's like you know when you have like um, somebody who's gangster on the phone, but not gangster in person. <laughs> yes. So it was like you got all this um, strength, you have all this girth in you to put it on social media, but in person, this is not who you really are. You're projecting an image that you're really not, or you're projecting things that you internalize and you don't voice it in person because you don't have the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were comfortable with that. You know, I'm comfortable with putting up this meme about an argument I had versus dealing with the person that's sitting right next to me. Yeah. But I'll post this meme, you know, I'll post a subliminal on Instagram and I know they're going to see it. I know their sister's going to see it. I know their mama's going to see it. I know everybody's going to see it. So they're going to know that he's no good. It's Versus nice. just dealing with it in your face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's crazy. You know, if I can say anything to the listeners at this moment, and Alicia really, really touched on it. If you are not your 100% self, it's going to be hard for anyone to understand who you are. We sometimes want people to love us, but yet we have yet to be our authentic selves with them. You know what I mean? Wayne, what are your thoughts, man? Social media is like the devil sometimes in relationships, kid. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm with the BS. Whenever I'm the one of the most confrontational people, but I'm mad cool with it. Like I don't, ra- I don't have to raise my voice to be confrontational. Like any argument or any anything that can be debated, especially like touchy topics, I'll get in the lion's den and I'll talk about it. I was at a party last week and it was a circle of women cackling about men not being, you know, men are trash and cheating. Da da da. And I was the voice of reason. I said. Men don't cheat because of sex. Men cheat emotionally, just like women are able to do. You we about just to have to use you, more emotion. You know what, Wayne? You're taking it to a whole nother level now. I apologize. You, no, but say, if you want to let's I'm making a point. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to a point. I know because... I don't want to. I love you, to. Yeah, your posture change. I don't like it. I would I would <laughs> so love to go into that. And I, and I appreciate you, you know, agreeing to come on and being our male voice of this relationship thing. So... You know, emotionally cheating for men, you said it's very similar. Like, talk to me, talk to me about that. Women, you know, not all women, but some women can see men and be like, yo, y'all have this compartment in your brain where emotions are not attached to your cheating. You're just doing it just to do it. You're just having sex just to have sex, like that kind of thing. Talk about that emotional part of men, because I don't think a lot of women hear that. So I will admit that I was a coddled young man. My mom spoiled me. My mom was very doting of me. So I got used to being treated that way. I don't, this is going to sound crazy and I don't want this to be taken wrong. So I just want to prepare you to not take this wrong. I don't like anyone talking to me loud, but I like when women talk to me nicely because that's how I'm I'm used to being approached. I don't like loud. I don't like that. Unless we both being loud, like on some joke and stuff. But like, I like to keep it real cordial, keep it real light. Let's, let's Let's have a conversation. But from an emotional aspect, if I feel as though my best qualities are being overlooked and I'm presenting you with a package that is genuinely me, but you won't find anywhere else and you're treating me like I'm a dime a dozen, I'm going to feel away mm-hmm. because I don't do all this work on myself to be treated that way. So yeah. as a result, I would lean more towards a woman who's appealing to my intellect rather than carnally. I got you. You know what I'm saying? I like, got you. There might be a carnal connection. There might there might be a level of attraction. But if a woman is appealing to me intellectually, I'm more inclined to go deeper rather than somebody who's just trying to drop nudes in my inbox. Mm-hmm. You know what you. I mean? I hear you. Hypothetically speaking. I hear you. Hypothetically speaking. I hear you. <laughs> but, um, 
I hear you. You mentioned something, um, and listen, you can jump in at any time, but you know, you mentioned working on yourself. And I think whether it's specific to, um, you know, COVID or pre whatever, but working on yourself is a huge part of relationships, period. You know, what does working on yourself mean to you? Like, and, and, and Wayne, I'll start with you and Alicia, definitely, you know, guess your thoughts about what exactly is working on yourself in a relationship. How do you do that? Working on myself involves me becoming less and allowing the other person to become more because I know I already possess more. So it's my job to speak that in, into my partner. And like, if I know that they lack in a certain area, it's me believing in their ability to grow wherever they struggle. Not because I see the struggle, but because they've made mention of the struggle. And also, like I, I wrote earlier to my friend, I said, those who have the ability to speak best should speak less. You have to make room for other people to grow. Because it's like being in class with that person who always has the answer. The teacher doesn't care about that person who's always raising their hand. The teacher wants to hear from that person who might have the answer but just doesn't believe in the fact that they can answer the question or aren't comfortable answering the question in front of people. So those who speak best should speak less. Those who speak best should speak less. That's an interesting um, take on that question. Mm -hmm. Um, If if I'm correct, you're saying dim your light a little so someone else's light can shine, pretty much? Not dimming your light to the detriment of you. I hear what I... Yes. A little. To the point where, because sometimes those who have, those who are able, we intimidate those who aren't. So they'll diminish to the point of resentment. I've seen it. Like, I don't speak on anything that I haven't experienced. Like, they'll diminish to the point of resentment. It's like, he always knows what, I don't want to hear his answer. Like, I've given answers to people and they've hated my answer. They've received the, the same answer I gave from somebody else just because it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So when you rate, when you radiate so much and you're always the person that people come to, people know who you are when you're that, when you're the go-to and it, it might intimidate the other person. So you got to let them know that you are not as infallible as they might see you. Mm-hmm. So you, you do diminish so that they can have room to grow yeah. because if you're taking up the space, then how are they going to spread their wings? They don't feel like they can. So <laughs> you just, sometimes you just got to tuck your wings in a little bit. It's not going to hurt us to tuck our wings. Yeah, and I'm and I'm wondering, you know, I think that in relationships, one of the things that we fail to see is um, the beauty and the uniqueness of us as individuals. Meaning, I can radiate in this area, and you radiate in another area, but I have to be able to recognize that I need to let your radiation show, and then you need to be able to let my radiation show, so that we can therefore radiate together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And um, yeah, go ahead, Alicia. What are your what are your thoughts, man? What's your thoughts? Like working. Listen, when you when you when you ask that question, what does it mean, you know, to work on yourself in a relationship, I was my thought was immediately selfish. I was like, Okay, work on myself, hmm, you know, be healthy, hmm, you know, have healthy habits, mm. um, speak life into the partner, you know, speak life into what you guys are doing have plans, you know, but it was, it started off initially as a selfish thought. Like, what do I do for myself to work on me versus seeing it as a union, right? Mm -hmm. And working on the union so that the union can blossom. Wow, yeah. So you guys, you guys got more experience than me on that. And so initially I was selfish with my thought. But you know what? But even with that, even with that, um, Alicia, even with that, man, I mean, is it, is it okay at some point? And I think relationships have levels, right? So who I was five years into the relationship, I'm different 10 years in. I'm different 15 years in. I'm different 20 years in. So with, with that being said, um, I think there are moments to where the idea of of being selfish with learning you, I think sometimes is needed, especially if you are a nurturer, 
and you've been the nurturer for so long to where you really don't understand yourself because you haven't allowed yourself to grow because you're feeding and watering and planting in so many other people's lives, whether it's your spouse, your children, your, you know what I'm saying? Your, your career, your job. And at the end of the day, you have to, you have to water your own life. And sometimes we get stuck into that. What, what do y'all think? Wayne, you can go ahead. Agree. Oh, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Let's see. And then Wayne, we can go ahead. I keep, I keep, I keep trying to, I keep trying to pass the rock. Yeah. He's like, go ahead, Wayne. You're you going to talk now. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of balance, you know, finding that balance and that creates a healthy headspace for me, because if I can't create balance and have a healthy headspace, I'm no good to nobody. You know, if my thoughts are frazzled, I can't help you navigate through a a problem. I can't help you navigate through a situation that you're trying to navigate through because my head is frazzled because I did not allow myself to have balance. I did not allow myself to formulate a healthy habit to be able to provide and nurture and encourage and build with anyone, you know? So if I don't have that balance of, you know what, let me take a break. If it's a detour to work in the morning, just to go, you know, to a park and walk around the park before I walk into the store. You know, if it's a detour before I get home after having a hectic day at work before I deal with my children, let me make that detour to get a cup of coffee, sit in the car, decompress, so that way I can be present and I can be helpful. So it's it's creating that balance so that you can give. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't create the balance, you're good to nobody. I dig it. I dig it. And your, and your spouse or your intimate other, you know, your partner has to be able to understand that and respect that and understand what that means to you and for you and for you guys as a, as a unit. What you thinking, Wayne? I'm just thinking to myself, like, I'm so easy in the sense that I might on one end, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a circle the block with your selfishness. We, we in the same selfish whip. I am, I'm a lot sometimes. Like I want, I want your attention. I want you to tell me I'm beautiful. I want you to tell me I'm smart. I want you. I want you. I want you to flatter me. And that's <laughs> most men all day. That's most men. Mm. I don't want it all day. Most men need to say it because they need to stop pump faking like they're not thinking it. I'm gonna mm. tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all. And y'all better I listen. Stroke my face. Stroke my eyebrows. You. Tell me I'm beautiful. Yeah. Tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me. And you know, and, and, Tell me and, I'm you know, on the low. and I'm gonna get right back to you, Wayne. I don't, and I so don't mean to interrupt, but I think this is a really good place to to quickly just interject the importance for um, men to be built up. We all need to be built up, but I think sometimes we as women, you know, it's that um, I don't know if it's a stereotype or not, but you know, build us up, tell us how beautiful we are and how gorgeous we are and those kinds of things. It's a societal norm. Stroke the ego. You know what I mean? And sometimes... It's a societal norm. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, individuals don't really realize that men need the same thing, you know? Um, And it's important. And maybe they don't communicate it or some don't communicate it. So go ahead, wait, I'm going to get back. Go ahead. What you was going to say? Listen, I tell my wife she's beautiful so much, I think she thinks I'm lying. Like, I think she think I'm saying it because I got her. But I'm just literally, after the 20 years of knowing her, I'm still very much enchanted by her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to be in her space. Like, just, just I mean, and this, it's crazy. Like, just the simple things. Like, smelling her hair. Like, just touching her skin. Pinching her skin, Like, something. Like, I just want to be near her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, as far as uh, us needing to be built up, I think men feel like that soft. They feel like that. Because everybody, like, here's the thing. Everybody tough to they not. So I think as a as a person who really who's really been into that, like I can openly say I don't care about saying I need to be made to feel beautiful. I need to float on cloud nine when I leave from you because there I have insecurities as well, and we need to 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 extinguish the fires of one another's insecurities before we step foot out into that world. Because out there ain't nothing but somebody trying to trap you with with all of their physical trappings and turn your head and shift your attention so they can spit their little, you know what I'm saying? Like it's mm. everywhere. And the, and I think we don't, we don't give enough credence to that. 
Yeah. We don't act. We act like it doesn't exist until it does. And then something happens. And it's like, oh, that's what was out there. I told you that before. Yeah. But it's like, so it's like we have to build ourselves up one another so that when we go out there, we bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And bulletproof, man. And I don't think a lot of people do a lot of that, that pregame before they get out in the world. Got a pregame. And that's like another another episode. How do you pregame in relationships? Woo! Right? We- <laughs> bring me back. Bring me back on that one. <laughs> yes, we're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to do it again. You know, so, um, and this is not a, so if I was to ask you guys the question, from your perspective and your view, um, what is one of the, the biggest barriers of healthy relationships, of building healthy relationships? You know, what, and... I have a couple of, uh, of my own, you know, thoughts. And I think individuals probably feel, I'm, you, we're probably going to have the same kind of, kind of answers. But what, what do you think is that one thing? I know there's plenty. But in your mind, that is that one barrier to, to a relationship being able to build in a healthy way? Um, I, I would say knowing the root of the why, right? So knowing the root of why do I need this from her? Why do I feel like I need this from him? Because it comes from within, right? If I feel that I need you to make sure I'm secure in the relationship, it's coming from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now, did I ever deal with that something you know, did I ever heal from that? Did I ever do the work to overcome that something that is now visible in the present form of this relationship? I need to feel secure. Well, why do I need to feel secure? Mm-hmm. Let me think about that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the male could be like, I, you know, I need my ego stroke. And if it's not done at home, somebody's going to do it. Why does the male feel like he needs his ego stroke. You know, what is the root of this? Mm. Why do you feel this way? Why do you feel that you can't get enough of it from what you currently have? So I think the barrier in a lot of relationships, you know, you sit down and you're, 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 you're coming across a hurdle, but the hurdle was not just recently brought to the table. For sure. These two individuals had these issues before they came to the table and they never dealt with it. It's been pacified. It's been suppressed. And now you're at a standstill where you're like, what do we do? And can't even Individual, identify as, it. Yeah, you can't identify it. So it's like, do we dig deep together? Do we dig deep individually and then come back together? So the hurdle is the why of why we're trying to like, the why of I'm trying to pull this from you because I need it. Yeah. Why do I need it? Yeah, like and, and literally, you, you what you're talking about is literally a, a full chapter in my book that I'm writing specific oh. to relationships. Yes, it <laughs> is. It is, and it's so it, it's really important when you talk about the root. Most of the time, we're talking about some kind of trauma, and um, and trauma can can could be so many different things. You know what I mean? And trauma is very subjective to some degree. Because what impacted me may not impact you the same way, but it sure enough impacted me, you know. Right, um, Wayne. What are your What are your thoughts? What would be your thing? So, I'm always communication guy. Actually, my my first major in college was communications, and I switched. But the part of communication, and I I posted this on my Instagram the day before you, you know, today. Fact versus story, right? Mm-hmm. Fact is what we know. Known, known. You're Shantae, you're Alicia. I know that. Story. Everything else that I don't know. So in relationship communication, when I know the facts, but maybe you're not big on like expressing the facts deeply, it's kind of like a, well, you should know that. No, I shouldn't. Express it. Widen, widen the mouth of the cup. Because if you don't widen the mouth of the cup, I'm going to fill it in with a story. And my imagination is bugged out. I, I'm, I'm very creative. I'll make, I can make up a story off the top of my head. And you'll believe that it's true. Just with the, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So 
it, it, it's the, the patience of communication and wanting to fill in the facts and not growing weary of filling in the facts for your person. Because the argument you don't have today, because of that fact, you will have tomorrow. And it'll be 10 times more intensified because I didn't, I didn't sit here and wrote my story. I wrote War and Peace. That's my book right there. <laughs> so help me with my facts so we can both read Reader's Digest. Or we gonna be reading Sanskrit, mm-hmm. Dead Sea Scrolls together. Mm-hmm. Half of it is made up, half of it is true. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the desire to accurately communicate. Most people have that. Well, we've said enough. No, we didn't. Exhausted. So we leave understanding one one another completely. Mm-hmm. No mysteries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it that takes it that you have to want to do that. It's yeah, 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 and you have to that part. It it it, it kind of goes into like what I think is one of the, one huge barrier is the losing of vulnerability in relationships. When you first start in a relationship, we got that that love that yo I can't do without you. That vulnerability, you see my heart, I see yours. And over time, because life happens, mistakes happen, bad decisions happen, and. Along, along the way, because sometimes of not forgiving or not communicating or not really talking about it, we lose our vulnerability and replace it with defensiveness, with anger, right? We, we camouflage it in a way to where we are no longer heart to heart. We are no longer vulnerable with each other. And when you lose vulnerability, Man, the the source of union is sometimes lost. You know, like I want to be able to be a hundred percent vulnerable. The question is, why can't I? You know, that's the question that you that you and your partner can ask. I want to be this, but why can't I? What is it that what is it we have yet to address that is causing us? to have this huge wall up. You know what I mean? It's not even that something wasn't addressed. It's a lack of grace. You learn. We're, we're creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. If I come to you, if I come to others, let's say me and her together, and I say, yo, uh, I got suspended from work, something that wasn't my fault. You know what I'm saying? And you fire off on me, just from the frustration of us losing whatever days of pay that is, mm-hmm. even though I said to you, it wasn't my fault. I now know going forward, that I can't say anything along those lines to you. Mm-hmm. So now I'm closed off in that area. And if you ask me what's wrong, I'm going to be like nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like Lack of grace you. creates that barrier. Yeah. It's like I said, I'm not going to, I'm going to say that last time I came up with that, she was right at me. I'm not with it. I was trying to be vulnerable and I was letting under, I was trying to be understood. It didn't happen. I'm not, that door is closed. We're not doing that no more. Mm. You know what's crazy? These are things that we learn as children. Mm. like how to come to our parents, right? So if we go to our parents and say, oh man, I got in trouble in school today and we get in trouble from our parents, but it wasn't my fault, we're not going to go back to our parents and say, I got in trouble. Huge. Huge. And then it goes into adulthood and then it goes into you having a relationship. Yeah, yeah. You guys, a lot of this this has to do so much with with childhood and I think, you know, if you haven't listened to... um, the episode on, on childhood trauma, please go back and listen to it because it impacts all that, all that we do. So yeah, you know, Alicia, I think a lot of what we do, you know, have to do with growing up and, and, and childhood um, and it impacts everything. I definitely wanted to, to, to really touch on Wayne's um, example of the, you know, being told lost a job and then the response that the the uh, partner gave. I think also, Wayne, it's like we also have to be able, again, to know our partner and know that even though that response came, it probably came because of the stress of the situation or the fear of the situation and, and didn't sure. come from a bad place in that moment, right? So losing, for example, losing a job that initial response is, oh my God, we got kids, we got, right? So it's that, it's that response, that initial fear response. Um, and I think that we want to definitely be careful on taking an example of one thing and then 
painting and across all across all things because right. we have we we're we're human, you know, and the the human part of relationships have to be have to be seen to where if your partner gives you an unwanted or uh, or an undesired response, you got to be mature enough to say, "I'm gonna give it some time before I come back." Right? The vulnerability comes in with, "Babe, I told you I lost my my job and it wasn't my fault, and you came at me with this with you know you it, you came at me and I felt like it wasn't fair, but it could have been that you were scared, and I want you to know that we in this together. It could be." You know, because we are under a lot of stress, and I know this causes another layer of stress, but we're going to get through this together. So still being able to come back, because situations in relationships, they will happen. They're going to happen. Life is going to happen. So we have to take those situations, learn from them, and grow from them. Don't allow a situation to stop you from emotionally growing because of because of the response. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, but that's deep. That's deep. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. So we talked about communication. We talked about, you know, taking care of self and I, I want to know how the heck do we heal? Right. So mm. out of all of all that we've processed and talked about, and I know we kind of went away from the um, COVID and that being specific. So y'all just Keep following me on IG and I'll probably give a little something on on COVID specific stuff and, and mental health. But with all of this, what would be some things that you would give the audience on just healing or moving on or forward in difficult marital or couples or dating, you know, diff- moving forward in those relationships? Like what advice would you guys give them? Um, Alicia, I can start with you. Initially, I would say transparency, um, being able to identify what is causing the hurt, what is causing the confusion, what is causing the disconnect, Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to be transparent in how it's making you feel, Mm -hmm. knowing your resources, knowing that you can look for a therapist whether it's individual counseling, family counseling, just knowing that, you know, you're being transparent about what the things are and you're aware of how it affects you and that you do not want to continue this, right? You want want better. You want more. You want progression. You want, you know, to be able to plan towards your future versus being stagnant in this feeling, this emotion, and not identifying it. Mm-hmm. So I would say first, being transparent, again, and seeking help, you know, whether it's therapy, whether it's, you know, go to church, you know, a minister, a counselor there, your girlfriend, you know, talking to your parents. Maybe your parents can enlighten you as to the why. You know, why is, that I'm, why is it that I'm going through this? What happened in my childhood or how did you handle this as an adult? Because now I'm an adult and these are things that I'm feeling, but I know you were this age at some point. How did you deal with it? So reaching out to people that are in your circle, that are older, that you look up to, that you admire and getting insight from them. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Insight is, is, is really, really important. And, you know, um, as far as healing, man, that can look and take so many different forms, you know, and I'll touch on it a little bit. Wayne, what do you think? What do you think? Well, um, if you think I'm going to have anything of value to say after Alicia just ran the gamut on the, you know, she just nailed it. Like she shot every money ball. Like she just went rack to rack, <laughs> you know, started closing her eyes and shooting shots. I don't even know how she did all that. But, um, <laughs> Thank um, you. So, the healing process for me, because I know I have the tendency to be selfish and I have that propensity to be that. So I always make it about the other person. I just ask them like, where, where did it go left? When did you start to feel the pressure of this thing? Mm-hmm. And I just let them, I just let them talk. Mm-hmm. Just let them talk. Mm-hmm. Because again, like those who are able Granted, yes, we do need our cups filled. 
of course. Mm-hmm. But we don't need our cups filled as often because sometimes we're able to make our own juice and fill our own cup because of how, how, how just because of our skill set. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Our skill set allows us to, to self-regulate. Yeah. So if we know that the person we're dealing with or persons we're dealing with, they don't have that, mm-hmm. you give them the space to self-regulate. That's how the healing, because to be honest with you, you've probably already begun to heal, but you can't make the other person. Because mm-hmm. again, you're self-regulating. You're doing that for yourself. Mm-hmm. So now you can just be like, where are you with all this? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Yeah. If they don't know, give them space to not know. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that to myself because sometimes I'm so results driven that I like I know an answer exists. Just spit the answer out. But I have to remember not everybody has that. Everybody ain't able. And I've been saying that to myself every day when I deal with just my job, people around me. You have to allow those who don't have that skill to just kind of slowly walk themselves up as you walk with them. And, you know and, what I mean? and then like be, you go and then down be accepting and then be accepting if they never create or develop that. For sure. Skill. Right. For sure. Because sometimes sure. people won't create. You gotta be okay with that. You gotta be okay. Yeah. Cause sometimes. Okay with that. Yes. Yeah, I look, 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 like, yeah, like, no, you know, the, the analogy that came to me is like trying to teach someone how to drive and they just can't drive. And you accept that because you rather they don't drive because they can't drive and they're not comfortable driving. So I'll just take you where you need to go. Yeah. Like that's the analogy that came on. Like that just popped up in my head. Yeah. It's like, man, you know, when you're in a relationship and you, you know, you expect something from that person and that person can't give it to you or, you know, um, even if they have the ability to do it, you know, one of the key factors for me in, in understanding um, the healing process of relationships, if you have the want to do it, the need to do it, and the desire to do it, you can heal. And it has to be both of you, right? Um, because you can identify in a relationship, yo, you got bad communication, you know, you, you know, I got trust issues. You know where I got them trust issues, right? So we can identify it. But if you don't want to work towards the, the, the change process, if you don't want it, if you don't desire it, or if you don't see the need for it, then it's going to be hard for you to move, you know? Um, and, I, and, 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 and as far as healing, you know, I tell, I tell folks often, Everyone, no one wants a marriage to end or a relationship to end, but separation or even divorce does not mean failure, you know. And sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes it is um, it is what's needed in that time because of what has happened or the realities of growth for an individual. You know, I've heard individuals say, "You know what? I don't want to be married no more." And, and this person is forcing me to stay here, but I don't want to stay here. You know what I mean? I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and what do you do with that, right? You know, what, what do you do with that? Now, what's the reason and what's the cause? You know what I mean? And I'm one that's, that's huge when it comes down to faith and spirituality. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so big on trusting, you know, trusting in God and, and those kinds of things. But, you know, I, 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 what I don't agree with is individuals that see separation as, you know, you failed, you know, or, mm-hmm. or because that, that can be painful to so many. Um, thoughts about that before we close, we almost have gone for an hour. Y'all That's some good stuff. If people can make time and create time to feed the thing that is hurting them, they can make time and create time to try to get back to a place of healing. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think people truly understand that the information that they take in on a day-to-day basis, the conversations they have, the conversations they don't have, the conversations they avoid. If you can put energy, because it takes way more energy to avoid a thing than it does to engage in a thing. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I'm not a professional. I'm just saying. 
then you need to, if you truly, knowing that you're hurting, you need to make time to get back to a place of healing. And that begins with what Alicia said earlier. Where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. What is the root? Mm -hmm. Again, those who are able probably already know. Mm -hmm. I know exactly why I am the way I am. Yeah. I could write a book, but I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm lazy in writing. I will get someone else to do it. But you can make time to heal if you can make time to dwell in your hurt. Yeah. You can make time. I like you just it. have to want it. You have to want that. That's the key is the want and the need. Alicia, what would be your closing closing thoughts? Closing thoughts would be take time to quiet your mind. Mm-hmm. In those moments that you're allowing yourself to be still, think of realistic goals. You know, and a, real, a realistic goal could be when I wake up, I'm going to take a bubble bath instead of a shower. That's a realistic goal versus I need to go to the spa and be in the sauna. That's not at your house, right? So quiet your mind, set realistic goals, be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, having you know, going through a pandemic. We've never experienced a pandemic in our lifetime. You know, if you're in your 40s, in your 50s, you've never experienced a quarantine worldwide. So know that you, you went through something that no one in your family could have ever coached you to get through. So allow yourself to understand that and say, I'm okay with not being okay because I went through this. Mm-hmm. Now, let me put in the work so that I can get on track to doing the things that I love, being around the people that I love, having that peace of mind. Because you know, once you're able to grasp all of that, you're able to conquer these realistic goals. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, having the internet has fed us visual stimulation in good ways and bad ways. Oh, let's obtain this, let's obtain that. But can you realistically obtain it? What are your steps? What is the process? There's no shortcut. You can't put it in the microwave and boom, it happens. That's right. You have to understand that there's a process. There's work that needs to be done. For sure. So just be realistic in your approach. I love it. Being realistic. I love it. I love it. You know, you guys have been such a... So you're just going to give all the great answers, huh? Some really great insights. She don't be playing. That's why she's a seasoned, a seasoned guest. She's going to be staying with me. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that I would say before we close is to get back to the place of vulnerability. You know, and I think when you are true to each other, um, you true to yourself, but you got to be true to each other. Um, and be, be unapologetically you and to the spouse or to the partner in order for one to be unapologetically them, you have to accept them when they give their true selves to you. You know, you have to be able to accept each other. You don't have to like what a person does, but you have to accept it if it makes them happy. You know what I mean? Um, and once you get back to a place of vulnerability and you're really able to give give yourselves each other's hearts again, you can figure out what to do next. And again, what to do next? No one wants a relationship to end. But, you know, there's so many um, families and individuals that I know that are either separated or, you know, they, um, they had to divorce and they felt that was in the best interest of their family. It doesn't mean that you failed. You know, it, it, it means that you decided this wasn't the best thing. Um, and, and through whatever process you went through, if that's what it, if that's what it is and that's what it is, you know what I mean? Um, so for all, just get back to a place of vulnerability so that you can see clearly no more hiding, no more defenses, no more 
having to, you know, not be you because you're afraid of how you're going to be taken by your spouse or by your partner. Yo, be you. And then you can know what to do next. You know, so those are my closing thoughts. Um, Alicia, did you want to add something? I saw you had your finger up. Something just popped up in my head that I heard in the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Why be an imitation of someone else when you can be yourself authentically 100%? Be you. And, you know, and, and your partner should be able to accept you, love you, you know, and, and, and figure out what's next. But you have to have that want, you have to have that need, and you have to have that desire to do so. So, thank you, Wayne, Stephen, for joining us. Thank you, Alicia, for joining us thank you for again. Having me. Absolutely, we got to do it again. Thank you to the audience, to the listeners. I appreciate you tuning in to the All About Relationships podcast. Make sure that you tag somebody, call somebody, you know, shoot them the link. Make sure you subscribe and continue to listen. You can follow me on IG at Shantae.Vines. Wayne, how can he reach you? Seven Element Steven. It's S-E-7-E-N Element Steven. That's what's up. Yep. That's what's up. Right there. Uh, yes. Uh, Alicia, any way you want folks to reach you? Or are you straight, honey? You're like, reach, me, reach me on the All About Relationships <laughs> I've already, podcast. I've already, I've already you can reach me I've on the podcast. <laughs> I've already followed, though. I'm not going to lie. Okay. okay. Yeah, I definitely already did. That's what's up. This was fun, guys. This was fun. Absolutely. So until next time, you guys, stay tuned. We got some good stuff coming to you.